0: Hey everybody, I'm Abby Kircher, your host of Biz Bites, where I dive into the stories of young entrepreneurs sharing their wins and losses throughout the start of their careers and lessons learned so far. Today, I get the pleasure of speaking with food blogger and influencer Jacqueline Altman, the creator of Food by the Grail. She creates lightened up recipes and decadent baked goods, showing people that you can have your cake and eat it too, literally. She prides herself in creating approachable, delicious things that people actually want and can recreate. She's worked with household names like Pillsbury, Hidden Valley, Little Debbie, and more to create innovative, delicious recipes. When she's not cooking, Jacqueline works full-time in tech. So Jacqueline, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So before we kind of get into your life as a food blogger and influencer, let's kind of get a backstory of where you're from, what you were doing before you were a food blogger. Yes. So I've lived in Philadelphia
1: for the last, she's probably over 10 years now. And I'm originally from the suburbs that are not too far from Philly. So I went to college in the city. I was at Temple and was studying IT and marketing, that was something I was always interested in. But I really always had this passion for food. Born hungry, will try anything, love trying new places. And that was sort of born as I finished college. And the rest is kind of history.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So I am a big Eagles fan. My whole family are, so I can connect with you in that way. <laughs> <laughs> let's kind of get into your passion for food and how you went from that to creating an account. Because a lot of people, I feel like they bake, they cook in their home, they make recipes all the time, but they never take that next step to actually starting an account. So what kind of pushed you to do that? So funny enough, the push was a little more external than internal. Um,
1: (laughs) My brother has always lived in New York. So I was up visiting him and he took me to this awesome food festival. And I was just, wide-eyed at the incredible food and i was taking pictures of all these really inventive things you know this was when sushi burritos were coming on the scene and those crazy loaded ice cream cones spaghetti donuts and you name it so i was posting all these pictures on my personal instagram and like five different friends commented were like dude stop doing this like this isn't a food page (laughs) and i was like all right fine so i was like you know what i'm kind of the person that all my friends go to when they're, you know, looking for a recommendation of somewhere to eat. So I was like, I'm just going to make a page that is going to basically chronicle where I'm eating, kind of whatever I feel like posting. And this way, when someone asks a recommendation, I can just either send them that page or at least pull from it. Then I'll, you know, already have pictures and everything. So that was sort of how things started. And I really, for a while, focused on restaurants, So I was working with restaurants, you know, as new ones are opening or just going to my safe spots, sharing them with folks. And then it was actually right before the pandemic hit that I sort of made the transition into more like content creation and more focus on actually creating recipes. I had sort of been cooking and baking the whole time anyway, but never thought it was something other people would actually care about and kind of got to the point where I was really burnt out from just eating out so much and was like, you know what, if, my whole blog tanks because of this, then so be it. But I kind of need to do what's gonna make me happy. Yep. And it just really worked out luckily.
0: And I love that attitude of just doing what makes you happy and if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, you know, that that's tough. But at least giving it a try just to see where it can go because that was really kind of, you know, what I did with Abby's Better. I had no idea whether it was going to be successful or not. But you just get to a point where you have to, to just decide to do it, whether it's going to be successful or not. So I love that. Yep, exactly. And uh, where did you come up with the name Food by the Gram? Because I love it. And, you know, there are so many <laughs> foodie influencers out there and so many accounts. And I'm sure it's difficult when you're creating one to come out with a name that's not already taken. And that's such a great one. So how did that come about?
1: I basically was just asking a bunch of my friends, like, what they think I should call it. You know, the real consideration was I was initially going to name it something more Philadelphia centric because that's kind of where I was based. But I love to travel. I knew I wanted to share things as I traveled and didn't want to have a name that was necessarily tied to a specific city. Mm. Very, very thankful for that foresight because now that I completely changed sort of what I do, the name still works. And it was just kind of a cute play on words where gram is both, you know, a unit of measurement for food, but also gram like Instagram. Yeah. So as long as Instagram never changes its name, I think we're good.
0: <laughs> if that happens, there's, there's a problem. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. So did you start with Instagram and then create a blog or did you start with a blog and from there kind of branch out to social media?
1: So I started with Instagram. I didn't create my blog until uh, probably about a year and a half ago like an actual website blog, when I realized that, you know, just putting recipes on Instagram kind of wasn't sustainable because people want a way to easily print them and share Mm -hmm. them and, you know, add them to Pinterest. So I had to build out a really robust blog that was going to let people do all of that, make sure it has the right integrations where it still, you know, mirrors and plays nicely with social, but sort of has a lot more to it. And so thankful I did just because my blog really, I think, Shows you kind of a different side of my personality. It also lets you, you know, shop for like products that I love and things I use in my kitchen. It just has so many kind of other features beyond just the pictures and recipes that you would find on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Well, it's so funny because I don't know if it's my age or my generation, but when I look for recipes, I go straight to social media. I don't go Mm -hmm. to blogs, but people like my mom and I know so many other people, what they do is they look for blogs to find recipes. So I do think that is such a crucial part to have both. And I think it's so great that you've managed create such an amazing following on both platforms because you have different demographics of people going to both.
1: Yes, definitely different folks going to the different platforms and then a lot of people kind of fall in the middle where they're looking Mm. at social, but maybe they're not going to go to Instagram. They'll go on Pinterest or something. And Pinterest is going to be linking directly to your blog. And it Mm. links a lot nicer to a blog with the proper integrations than it does just to an Instagram post. So definitely kind of lets me serve all the different facets of my audience better.
0: So true. So how do you feel like you stand out amongst other food influencers and bloggers out there? Because there are so many, especially on social media, do you just feel like there's so many because there's such a high demand? How do you kind of look at it from that perspective? I mean, I definitely think there's a demand
1: and I think that demand has increased tenfold over the course of the pandemic and people really you know, being forced into their homes and not able to eat out and order takeout as much as they maybe did before. So there's definitely I think, more of an emphasis on cooking at home. So I think there's definitely a need in terms of how I stand out. I mean, one is that my whole shtick, like I said, is, you know, have your cake and eat it too. And I'm all about yep. balance. I'm never gonna tell people you can't or shouldn't eat something because I don't live that way. I think nothing's off limits. I think everything in moderation is great. And I just don't really believe in like deprivation. Yep. So I'm all about taking, you know, whatever that food is that you want. And if there's a way to make it a little bit lighter to help you achieve your fitness goals, then great. Like I'll do that. Which is why my recipes maybe on the outset don't seem healthy. And it's mm. one of the comments I get constantly is like yeah, I looked at your page and I see truffles and pizza and burgers. And I was yeah. like, yeah, read the fine print. it's like, great. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're much lighter than if you're going to go get pizza or burger or truffles from, you know, somewhere external. So I think that and then also, I mean, I would hope, you know, just like my personality, I'm like very cut and dry. I'm like very silly and don't take myself super seriously. Yeah. I'm always poking fun at myself. We try to have fun here, and I think and I hope that's what kind of keeps people engaged and coming back.
0: Yeah, no, that is one of the many reasons that I love your account, because, you know, as a health food brand, obviously, we, you know, we're vegan, we're gluten-free, we're peanut free, we adhere to a lot of different just health benefits and requirements, and we work with a lot of influencers. But one of the many reasons I love your account is because you do really hone in on balance. So whether someone is just like, the holidays are coming up, I'm looking for a really good cake recipe or a really good appetizer. I'm not focused on the health of it. I want it to taste good. They can go to your account. But also if you're yep. someone that's like I do want a healthier recipe of something that I love that's traditionally maybe not vegan or gluten-free or whatever it is, mm-hmm. they can also come to your account and find it. And I love the balance that you just create on your platform that so many people can get a little a little strict, a little stringent to where you might not find the balance. So I love that about your account. And also what you were saying about just there being a need for recipes of every kind. You know, a lot of people say that when I started the company, they're like, well, there are other nut butter companies. And I'm like, of course there are. There are quite a lot of people that eat nut butter. Like there's a demand and that's why people keep selling nut butter and keep coming out with healthy snacks. So I love that. Yeah. And what's some advice you would give to people who find themselves passionate about something, whether that's creating recipes, photography, could be travel, whatever it is, but kind of don't know what to do to take that next step into essentially establishing a brand. Um, What's some advice you would give them?
1: So some advice, I mean, first and foremost would just be actually do it, like actually Mm -hmm. try it, give it a real effort. Don't be afraid of failing and just like give it a shot. Best case, it works out, worst case, you learn something. With that, I think also consistency. I know, you know, when I started my food page, there the first couple of months I had absolutely no followers, I had no idea what I was doing. But just through being consistent, I one established some traction and two, I learned a ton. I learned about the algorithm. I learned about hashtags, I learned, you know, what I can do to increase my own visibility. I learned what photos perform better, what content performs better. So I think there's a lot to learn if you just are consistent and really pay attention. And I think the other thing is find other folks who are doing what you do and folks you admire and try to get in touch with them. Like you'll be shocked how willing people are to help and how receptive they are, especially the folks who are new kind of in the area. I mean, I get messages all the time from sort of new food bloggers looking to build a page. And I'm always happy to talk to them and give them Whatever advice or you know trade secrets, if you will, that I can, because I don't think any of it needs to be secret. And I think that when we all work together, we all are better for it. We all win. Mm-hmm. So just really kind of emphasizing that you know collaboration over competition, I think, will make life much easier.
0: Right. It doesn't have to be a competition because, as we were talking about before, there's a market for everybody. Everyone's doing something a little different, maybe something similar, but that's what's so great. I love that you have that philosophy of just helping everyone out because you know that you were in the same position that they were. And so you have that kind of insight to to what they're thinking, what they're going through, which is great.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I don't think I would have had any any of the success that I have had now if yep. I didn't lean on other people along the way. And so right. I'm so grateful for that. And, you know, the least I can do is sort of pass that along. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. I love that. So what would you say, is a one of the hardest things about being a blogger and influencer, and then b one of the greatest things. One of the hardest, kind of like not taking things personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's
1: always gonna be <laughs> yeah. a critic, no matter what. I mean, I literally am posting cake recipes, and like there are still haters, you know. Yep. So just not taking those things personally, whether someone you know tried a recipe and didn't like it, or seeing that you got like a bunch of unfollows after you shared something personal, like that can kind of feel icky. So just learning to not take that personally and just remembering that, you know, like it is social media. It's a reflection of real life, but it's not everything. And that's another thing that I really try to drive home, you know, when I do stories and things is reminding people that social media is a highlight reel. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of real life that happens like beyond the kitchen, beyond the posting, beyond the funny things that I share. Like, you know, there's a lot of very real things also going on. So, you know, if I take a break, or I'm quiet for a few days, you know, that there's usually a reason behind it. And I try to be really transparent about those things. So that kind of, you know, mix of being always on and also taking a break. And also, like I said, just keeping in perspective and not taking things personally. That's definitely one of the challenges. The greatest things. I mean, I love when I get to just meet these super interesting people, whether they're other bloggers or just followers and hear, like if I played even the tiniest role in their journey in some way, it makes my heart swell. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had followers reach out saying that, you know, making your lighter recipes helped me lose 100 pounds and all wow. these health issues I had before I don't have anymore. And I was like brought to tears. So I was like, that mm-hmm. is just so incredible that I was able to even play a role in that something so huge and what an incredible personal accomplishment. And for them to even take the time to like think to let me know that I played a role was just huge. So that really does make it all worth it. Yep.
0: Yep. In what you were saying about like the haters, it is so true. You would never think doing something like just posting recipes or just selling snacks that people would have such strong negative opinions about what you do, but you just kind of have have to take it as it comes. And like you were saying, really figuring out how to not let your identity become so tied to social media or your brand or your company, because it is a slippery slope. It's something that you're you're on every day, you do every day, you're so invested in what you're doing that if someone says something negative or harsh, it's difficult not to take it personally. So I totally agree that that's an important balance to find no matter what you're doing. If it's on social media, you've got to find that balance because you will get people Commenting and messaging stuff that you just wouldn't think people would. It's always a bit shocking, but yeah, agree there. And the, the yeah. impact, as far as the positive things, the impact that you have in people is really profound. I remember a few days ago, someone messaged me because they want to give away. So we send them some product, and she was like, You've helped me with ED recovery. And I was just, like you said, choked up, because it's like, wow, you can get so caught up in the day to day tasks of what's involved with running a business or a brand or an account that you forget that you really are impacting people's lives in a positive way. And that is really, you know, the best thing to hear.
1: Yes, exactly. And I'm very much a detailed person. So, you know, I'll get really hung up right. on You know, oh, this post didn't get enough likes because people Mm. like don't like this recipe, and not realizing that, you know, there's plenty of people who are making that recipe and loving it. You know, they maybe just haven't said anything about it. Right. And then every now and again, you get someone who will leave you a really nice comment on your website or a comment on your Instagram or something, letting you know like what a difference it made to them. And I'm like, oh, it's all worth it again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And the truth is, the most negative people are often the loudest. So you Mm -hmm. kind of, mute out the noise of all the people who do love it and are making the recipes. But yeah, no, it's so true. You can get distracted and forget how many people do love what you do and you are making a positive impact. And and the truth is, if you just focus on enjoying what you do, that's also going to help with not being so caught up with what people are saying. Yes, yeah, exactly. Now, from what you know now, is there anything you would have done differently when starting out? And I love to ask people this because you know, you learn so much just the day to day of doing what you do. And, you know, through time, you maybe think, oh, I wish I had done this differently or that differently. Or maybe you don't wish you had done anything differently. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, I'm definitely thankful for
1: the journey that I've had and sort of all it allowed me to do. You know, I kind of quite literally got to have my cake and eat it too, in that I was able to do the restaurant thing, try these amazing places, go to all these amazing events, meet all these other bloggers and really learn Philadelphia, like from the food scene, and to now be doing something completely different. I'm very, very thankful for the whole journey that I've had. So it's not that I would necessarily change anything. I think the only thing that I would have maybe done a little more from the get go is make myself and my personality more apparent. And what I did, I think, for the first probably two, three years of my account, I never even revealed my identity. And it was funny, because I would actually have people who, you know, I went to high school with or college with would be DMing on Food by the Gram, not knowing it was me. Yep. And at some point I finally posted something on like my personal page that, you know, oh, Food by the Gram hit like 10,000 followers and all these people were like, "Wait, that's you?" <laughs> that's you. <And laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, I mean, yeah, I was like I didn't think anyone would care that it's me." Mm. And I took some like blogger courses and stuff, you know, just trying to learned, you know, the whole game of Instagram. And a lot of them were saying, like, at the end of the day, like, there's a million people out there posting food, posting recipes, posting whatever, what makes you unique is you, and Mm -hmm. you really need to make sure that your personality shines. And I think once I started doing that is when my blog really started to have a true identity and become more than just, you know, a place of pretty pictures, it was actually, you know, there's a person behind this account who has a unique perspective and views and tastes. And that's what people kind of follow for. So I think I would have just done that a little bit sooner. Yeah. I think I didn't really, you know, make myself and my personality apparent until I was already a couple years in and had a a relatively established following. So that would probably be the only thing I would change.
0: Yeah. Oof. I relate to that so much because (laughs) a lot of the attraction to the brand is the founder story. Um, and I know for Abby's better, you know, people loved the fact that it was started by a young female entrepreneur. I was 15 at the time. And so it was a very unique outlook on the brand, but I just, I mean, I still struggle with the thought of why would anyone want to know my story? Why would anyone want to like, listen to me, talk about why I do what I do? Like there there's. So many people who do this or do that, and but it is so important to get people not just connected to the products, but connected to the story and who you are because in a lot of ways you are the products, like you created them, you created this account, you created these recipes and customers and people love it. They love feeling connected and they love knowing about the backstory and it really sets you apart from just, any other food account or any other recipe or any other product on um, people just getting that kind of intimate picture into your life and what you do. So, being an introverted person, it's a process. I'm still learning, <laughs> but I totally get what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's it's putting yourself out there and being really vulnerable, and it's scary. It's one thing if someone says they hate a recipe. It's another if they say they hate me. So, <laughs> so true. <laughs> there's definitely that you know, when I, like I said, when I sort of started to actually show myself, I definitely kind of took pause and was like, do I want this? You know, am I, am I willing to be the face of this brand? And I'm glad I did. It definitely paid off. Yep. But it is, it's scary, definitely. And I think, you know, as you get bigger and you get, like you said, the people who are negative tend to be the loudest, like you will get weird messages and responses Mm -hmm. to things and they will ruin your whole day. And I think that all comes back to, like I said, remembering that, It's social media. Don't take it too personally. And yeah, it's just kind of a learning process.
0: Yeah. And and I'm a big encourager of learning to laugh at it because um, we have someone on our team who handles Facebook comments and she will message me and be like, you will not believe what this person said about your photo. Just the most (laughs) comically offensive thing. And I'm like, you don't know me. Why would you say that? And you just got to learn to laugh at it because really what they say says nothing about you. You know, this isn't people, you know, this isn't people whose opinion you truly, truly care about. So you just gotta like, take the punches, laugh at them and move on. It's crazy. Totally. Now we've talked a lot about balance so far, but you, you know, have a unique position where you have a full-time job and you're an influencer and food blogger. So what do you do and how do you find balance in your life when, Not only are you working full-time in tech, but your other job, shall we say, being an influencer is just a notification away, a click away. It's on your phone. It's there all the time. Um, How do you find balance?
1: A lot of scheduling, a lot of planning. Mm. It is definitely tough. So, you know, my full-time job is pretty demanding and I love it. I would not trade it for the world, but it definitely takes a good chunk of my time, so it is just kind of a matter of balancing it. And I am fortunate enough that I work remotely. So, you know, if I need to pull something out of the oven in the middle of the day and snap a quick photo and share something like I do have that luxury, which definitely makes things easier. And even when, you know, taking this position, obviously food by the gram is a major consideration because it's, you know, it's another business. It's my blog, it's my baby. So it's not something I'm willing to give up. So my employer, you know, is very supportive of that. A lot of my, You know, coworkers follow me and are always messaging me about stuff, which I love.
0: That's awesome. So
1: it is really just a matter of, you know, being transparent on both sides, too. I mean, I tell my followers, listen, this is not my full-time gig. I cannot crank out 20 recipes in a week. I'm just not that person. Yeah, you know, being really transparent when I've had a super busy week at work. And that's why I've been quiet on Instagram and, you know, making up for it other times. And on the weekends, maybe I'm going to be a little more active and maybe... If I'm able to work ahead when I have some downtime and get, you know, recipes scheduled to go out over the next few weeks to kind of make sure that I am staying consistent. But it's definitely a lot of just planning and knowing myself, you know, knowing my time, how long things take me. Yeah, that's kind of, that's how I attempt, you know, (laughs) some weeks are better than others.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. And I'm I'm sure being detailed helps with that, all that scheduling. But yeah, I know people always ask me, how do I find balance in life with running a business. And oftentimes the answer is sometimes I don't have balance. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I just, I fail to schedule properly or I fail to, you know, make the right decisions as far as when I do what task. But the truth is if you love what you're doing, you can find enjoyment in that and you can learn to not beat yourself up and just do it differently next week and and really learn from that.
1: Yeah. And I think that whole point about not beating yourself up is, yep huge because huge. i know when i was even adjusting into my new full-time role and i felt like i was sort of neglecting food by the grant there was a lot of this guilt that was like i'm gonna lose all my followers everyone's gonna hate me like mm. you know i'm not posting recipes as often and that's not the case nobody hates me like everything's fine right but really just not beating myself up and kind of giving myself the grace to also rest when i need it mm-hmm it is something I'm very much still learning. I am one of those people who is like chronically overscheduled and just very, very busy. Yep. But trying to work in time to just sit on the couch or take a walk or do something that isn't on social or isn't related to work and just gives myself a little break, that definitely helps me kind of strike a balance and prevent getting really burnt out.
0: Absolutely. And, and it can be hard to um, not beat yourself up because it's a weird line where when you care about something so much because you're enjoying it, you have freedom, but also because you're enjoying it, you care about it so much. So you tend to beat yourself up. So it is just about yep. finding that balance of sticking to it and be motivated and diligent, but also just know that there are other things in your life and it can't just be all about this one thing or this one product or this one business. Um, it It is just about finding where that line is. Yep. Totally. So to just close off the episode, what are some of your upcoming goals for food by the gram? And how can people kind of learn more about you and your blog and find you?
1: So some upcoming goals. I mean, really just cranking out like more consistent, innovative and fun content. I'm always trying to come up with something that I haven't seen before that I don't think anyone else has done before. So that is definitely kind of the always goal. And I think also for me trying to grow my blog actual website as opposed to you know just focus on growing the Instagram
0: yep
1: is definitely a major goal for me in the next couple of months in terms of you know how people can learn more get involved etc follow my site i have a newsletter people can subscribe to which i'm trying to get better about being more consistent in sending it but You know, I am a one man show and then, you know, follow along on Instagram and engage like the biggest thing when it comes to, you know, at least social is engagement. And Mm. no matter what happens with the algorithm, as long as you're engaging with accounts that you like, you will continue to see them. So whether it's, you know, liking, commenting, sharing, responding to stories, what have you that I think is the best way to really get connected and kind of stay connected. So,
0: yeah. Awesome. So great. Well, again, Jacqueline, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been awesome talking to you and learning more about your blog and your life. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone tuning into Biz Bytes with Abby Kircher. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can listen to new episodes each week. And to learn more about my company, Abby's Better, you can follow up on Instagram at Abby's Better. Or my personal Instagram, where I show a behind-the-scenes look of running a business, which is at Abby underscore Kircher.